welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Welcome everyone to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. I know it's been a while and we're back. So welcome to the podcast that's not for everyone. You gotta be filled with that heat culture in order to hear what we're talking about. So today we got guests as usual. First we got Jimmy Bucket. Say what's up to the people, Jimmy. Boy, Jimmy Buckets, and boy am I glad to be back. And then after that, we got Clippy. Say what's up to the people, Clippy. Hey, everyone. It's Clippy. You can follow me at ASUPX Clippy on Twitter. And then right after that, we got Miami Flash PE. What's going on, everybody? You can follow me at Miami Clutch PE on Twitter and on Instagram. And then we got the homie, Brian. What's up? I'm Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And then last but not least, we got Lola, a.k.a. E-G-Y underscore Cole on Twitter. So just like that, we have so much to talk about today. And, you know, there's been a lot going on. So before we do that, uh, y'all can also follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. So without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. So first, we got to talk about this Heat preseason game. So just in case y'all didn't know, the Heat played their first preseason game yesterday against the Hawks. And after everything South Florida fans have been through these past couple weeks, having a Heat game was probably one of the best things to happen in a while. So to get started, let's look into some of the stats. Tyler Hero was the leading scorer last night with 26 points and 9 of 12 from the field. You then have Bam, who had 14 points and 5 rebounds. Max Struess, who also had 14 points and 4 threes. Duncan Robinson with 13 points and 4 threes. And then Caleb Martin with 11 points and 3 blocks. And then Kyle Lowry with 5 points and 7 assists. And Jimmy Butler didn't play, but still, it was a great showing from all of our players after what seemed like a whole eternity since we last saw this team take the court. So how do you guys feel about yesterday's game? We'll start off with you, Buckets. I feel absolutely amazing. It's like I've been waiting for this and waiting for this and waiting for this forever. Everybody has too. And then to finally see everything that we've been talking about and hoping for and waiting for and looking for actually come to fruition on the court. And not only come to fruition, but come to fruition beautifully, poetically, The way that we played last night in the short little time where we saw our, I mean, minus Jimmy, but we know what Jimmy brings. And that's, that's just, you know, Jimmy. And that's only gonna, I can't wait to see with Jimmy, but without Jimmy, I mean, it's just, I'm honestly at a loss for words right now. It's just, I'm happy. That would be all I can say. And I, I think that this team is a lot better and it's going to be a lot better than a lot of people have given it credit for. Mm-hmm. And then what about you, Clippy? I have to agree with what Bucket said. I am so happy, but also 
I don't want to get my hopes up too much because yes, it is preseason, but from what we did see, it's like it really makes you think like, wow, this team can actually really go far and really do well and prove all these people wrong. All these people wrong that said that we're not going to be as good as the Heat fans think that we're going to be. But after last night, you know, it really it gets my hopes up so much that we can really, really honestly, I think, get out of the East maybe. Especially if Jimmy comes back and he, you know, is Jimmy. I I think we're going to be scary. I really think we're going to be scary. And then what about you, Flash? All right. So like you said earlier, Joe, this was a cleansing for Miami sports fans. We've been through a lot and we finally get to see the best franchise in the city with the best front office in the city. So speaking about the game yesterday, it was so good. Uh, I think I want to get directly into Kyle Lowry and how he surpassed every expectation I had for yesterday. He only had five points, but he it looked like he impacted the entire game by pushing the ball, pushing the ball, pushing the ball. Bam had Bam had 14 points in 14 minutes because of what Kyle Lowry was doing. He was finding him. He like it's like Kyle made a decision to find him no matter what, and I think everybody else just fed off that. The little you saw PJ Tucker. He was guarding the ball great. He was he was doing everything, getting on the floor, knocking down the corner three, which we need. He's a, he's one of the best corner shooters in the league, apparently. So I, I'm really excited to see that. But I got to say, I had my doubts about Tyler Hero the entire offseason, the entire all of last season because of injury concerns. He put on 15 pounds of muscle or 10, something like that. And it showed yesterday. He had 26 points, like you said. And on 12 shots. That's amazing for a player like him. He looks like he has an extra bounce in his step. He looks like he's physically stronger and he can, he's not, he's now not such a liability anymore from the little that we saw of him for what, 26 minutes. Um, that block was amazing by Tyler, by the way, but all, all, all around, I thought it was great. I thought Caleb Martin is a very bright spot for the Heat. And I think we have a chance to do something. If we can keep the, keep this type of level of production, then you add Jimmy, and then you add a healthy Victor Oladipo when it's time. Mm-hmm. And then what about you, Brian? How do you feel about last night? Uh, last night was exciting, man. It looked like this team, at least at least a f- quite a few players look to be in midseason form. You know, Bam, I think you would expect that because he played the Olympics, you know, so he's probably a bit closer to what we're going to see during the season. But Kyle looked really, really good, man. He was fine with people. And I think it's really, really nice to see that this team has an actual point guard. Uh, the ball movement was fantastic. I, I don't think that they're going to keep up that pace the whole season. But if, if that ball movement is real and Kyle's going to be finding shooters and finding Bam specifically – with ease, I think we're going to be seeing a much, much improved offense. We know that the defense is going to be top, top tier, right? Um, I think coming into the season, the question was and always will be the offense. But just from last night, and I know I get it first game preseason, blah, 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 whatever. It looked really, really smooth. And Tyler Hero specifically, I think we all expect him to come off the bench. And I think it's going to make a real run for six man of the year. Like, I think just from what we saw last night that guy is ready man and uh i'm excited to see what what he can do 
Right, right. You know, because you look at what we saw yesterday, and obviously, you know, we're not going to overhype it because at the end of the day, this is preseason. But, you know, to have seen Miami play that way, especially after coming off of a disappointing season last year, well, a disappointing ending, I mean, or you could call it a disappointing season, whatever you want to call it as, you know, it's just great. And like I mentioned earlier, then you touched on it, Flash, uh, to have a team that in South Florida that knows how to play good, you know, you can't ask for anything more. So with that in mind, like looking into all of this, let's now look into this team. So one thing that I want to look at is when we look at how this roster is shaped, which players are going to have to take a pivot, play a pivotal role for the Heat's success, aside from the Heat's big three of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry. So for this, I'll have have you take the floor first, Flash. Right. So I've seen like, and specifically in two players, I've seen this debate all over Twitter, of what's more important for the Heat to succeed this season, a a leap from Tyler Hero, or a healthy Victor Oladipo. I think both are really really important, and if both happen, the East is in trouble because these guys are look to be going for it this year the entire team but i would probably say if you really want to get over that hump and maybe compete with the top teams in the east i would probably have victor oladipo a healthy victor oladipo does that and that's not a knock on tyler tyler has is really good yesterday if you can keep it up that that answer might change soon but i think that's the most important aspect of this whole roster in order for them to succeed Right, and then what about you, Brian? I think that the key to the season is going to be that Bam-Kyle Lowry connection. I mean, I really think that Bam has a chance to make another leap because this is the first time in his career that he's had a true point guard. And when you have a super athletic center, super athletic and skilled center, I don't want to call it a shame that he hasn't had a guy like Kyle Lowry next to him, but I think it's definitely, there's definitely a lot of development and talent that we haven't seen yet because he hasn't had a guy that can put him in the right spots. Um, So I think that that connection and seeing Bam's true ceiling with a guy like Kyle Lowry next to him is going to be a major key to what what we see from this team. Mm -hmm. And then you, Clippy? Honestly, I think it's Tyler Hero. I think he needs to step up. And he needs to do what he did last night. Maybe not every night, of course. But if he could stay consistent, I really think that we can be a better team. Because he can score the basketball. You know what I mean? He can produce. And he looks he looks good. If he could stay like that, I really think that we could be great. But seeing last season how he was super inconsistent, that kind of scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. My, my thoughts about him are still not great. Uh, last night, I was like, okay, you know, like one good game doesn't define everything. So he still has to, you know, prove prove me wrong, prove a bunch of Heat fans wrong. But I think that if he steps up, we could be uh, a really good team. And if Oladipo comes back, you know, uh, earlier than we expected, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely going to be a threat because it looks like we want it. And uh, if these if these players produce, I, I think we can get it too. Right. And what's your take, buckets? Uh, going back on what Flash was saying, I agree 100% with the whole Hero Oladipo thing. I think if, if Hero plays like 
hero, like daddy hero last night. Like I think the whole him having a kid has changed his mentality a hundred percent. And now he has something to play for than just his girl and just himself and just his cereal and stuff. So, you know, I feel like he's going to take, if he can take a big leap and everything else, like he played last night and then Vic comes back and, and like I watched the interview with Tobin the other day when they sat down with Vic after the scrimmage and everything, we're talking to him and Vic said that he was wobbling after that first surgery for like two years. He said that he couldn't even walk. He said that like he couldn't even get out of bed without wobbling. He had to correct himself all the time. And he said that this time the surgery is actually right. He said he feels better than he felt before. He's never felt this way. He's like, I'm actually, I'm ready. He's like, trust me, I'm ready. He's like, they messed me up. If Vic comes back healthy, then we have seven legit starters. If we have Hero playing like Daddy Hero and we have a healthy or an 80% Victor Oladipo, healthy Victor Oladipo, we have seven starters. And then my, my take was not a player. My take is our depth, our bench which looked amazing last night. If we can have wings like Struess and then our pickup of Caleb Martin, which I think is brilliant, and that showed last night with his two-way versatility and everything. If we can have Struess and Martin backing up Jimmy on the wing, and then we have the, you know, Morris looked a little shaky shooting, but that's just, you know, him shooting last night. But he still played good. He's still Morris. He'll be fine. But him backing up Tucker and then Deadman, he was on the floor diving for balls. I mean, we have some depth. And – that we, Vincent played well too. I mean, it's just, I think we're scary and I think it's not one player. My, my thing about us being successful will be all our bench players, our role players, our versatility and our health and just how everybody meshes. And I think it looks very promising. Right. And then Lola, what do you think? What, which players in your opinion do you think has to play a pivotal role for the heat success? Um, if we're talking about the playoffs, I do think Depot's health is going to prove to be the most important factor as he's exactly what I think will separate us from the rest of the East, aside from the Bucks and the Nets. I mean, we're already good as is, but Depot is likely a starter if 100% healthy. And we already saw how our defense transformed with him in the starting lineup. And this was when he wasn't even 100% healthy, in my opinion. So if he's healthy and is able to be as aggressive as he used to be, his offensive prowess will also be be extremely important in the playoffs like where we need multiple scoring options especially against a team like the Bucks. um he'll take a lot of pressure off of Jimmy and that's a big priority and um we did learn from his media day that he finally felt like he had balance for the first time since his injury so I am hopeful about that but I do also think like Tyler's contribution offensively leading the bench unit is also going to be very important. I mean, Tyler already looked way more assertive um, in the game last night. Like he finally understood like his sole role is to get buckets and he got it to it effortless. Like he got it to his pockets effortlessly and those jump shots and hook shots and runners, they, they got way more efficient. He just overall looks way more comfortable and confident out there. And we needed him to continue to do that because when his offense is not going, he kind of becomes a liability Um, is what we saw last year. So just him being aggressive offensively, leading the bench unit um, is what exactly what we're going to need. Um, Just as an additional offensive option. So those two things I think are like the key to us um, getting the success that we hope to get. Right. So I want to like push back a little bit on one of the things you said, Lola. I don't think Victor Oladipo is a starter on this team. I think he's better suited off the bench with Tyler to give the bench much needed defense. I think uh, 
you can't bench you can't bench Duncan with these guys on the floor that you have in the starting lineup. You have Lowry, Bam, Lowry, Bam, who's not a three point shooter yet. We haven't seen it. Tucker, who only shoots from the corners, and Jimmy, who doesn't shoot threes. You need a three point shooter. You need a a a a, um, a sniper out there, and you you need Duncan Robinson out there. And there, I don't see a way where you bench him unless it's unless you're actually losing in the playoffs and you need to shake it up because the, the luxury Duncan brings too much. The luxury the Heat have, though, is in the closing lineup. If they want shooting, they can go in the closing lineup, not starting. I'm talking about closing because I could see Oladipo fitting in with our starters in place of Duncan closing. But the luxury that the Heat have is to plug – is they, they have three amazing people that they could plug at the two spot. They can – they can run. They could run Hero. They can run Robinson, or they could run Oladipo, depending on what 1, they want. With and, and that's awesome. That's such a great luxury to have. I just wanted to throw that in. I didn't mean to interrupt, yeah. but one thousand percent. You put this is my take here. You start Duncan and you close with Depot. Yeah, hundred. Probably the best thing you can do. And then you and can throw Hero, and you, you can throw Hero Depot. in the mix anytime. I don't. Yeah, I don't think you start an Oladipo that's that we don't know if he's there yet. Health, health wise, just keep him I, off the bench and. I think when he gets to 100%, I think he will start only because we saw him start last year. And also, I think, I don't think Duncan is going to be the guy that. No, gets no we, we, saw, we, we saw him. We I, saw him start under different circumstances last year, though. Duncan's the one that makes our offense run. He's our space. No, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me say something. All right, go ahead. I don't think Duncan is going to be the guy that gets thrown off the starting lineup. I think it will be PJ. You're, oh, and PJ Jimmy is gonna start. Gonna get, You're not going to start Jimmy at power forward. I mean, yeah, that's impossible. Duncan is gonna be that. Duncan can start at power forward then. Against no. the Bucks, you're not putting Duncan or Jimmy at power forward. No. Okay, but like obviously, when you get obviously like depending on, depending on like different teams that you go against, you might switch your lineups. But I mean, that's a, that's a lineup you can definitely see out there at some point. But, but not, that's a, not that's a starting lineup. I just don't see an 100 percent Oladipo not starting. Like, I just don't see it. I, I really 100% think he will start. do though because you, you I don't think you can go I get that what small you mean. that you, you I get suggest, what you mean. I, I, I don't think you can go that small how you suggested and I don't think that you can bench Duncan at all. So you can't win there. You can't win starting Ola Depot. I just don't see it right now. I mean maybe I changes, I get how Depot and Tyler make sense. Like I I get yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a gonna, perfect bench you. I, I mean if Depot, I mean if Depot yeah. is okay with it then then I'm fine with that, but I, I was just it. going off it, what happened last year when he did play. Last year, he like, last year who did who did he start for? He started for Kendrick Nunn because we didn't have a point guard. Now right. we have a point guard, so the the circumstances are different, and I think he might not start, but I would still like to see that lineup with him. But he's gonna with him. He's gonna get minutes. He's gonna do a lot like he did last year in those like four games that we all thought was great. I think he's gonna do all that, but just coming off the bench next to Tyler. And and just playing good basketball, and I think he can do that for the bench, and I think that would make us that would be something that puts us over the hump. Regardless, we're, we're deep, like we're squad deep, and I like that. Very so. deep. Bucket says seven starters, and he's not wrong. Right. Right. You know, I mean, that's the thing I love about this team. You know, there's a lot of names that I look at, and. You know, I just want to bring this up. I feel like we've, we low-key hit on this in our last pod. But since it's been forever, since we last did an episode, I'll bring this up. 
the fact that Lowry and Oladipo are on the same team, I mean, considering the fact that we were debating about getting only one of these guys at um, the trade deadline, it's just amazing how we were able to pull all this off in the first place. And I'm honestly really mm-hmm. excited to see what this team can do when everybody is healthy. So, you know, now that we've covered that, let's now focus on the bench rotation because there's many ways in which this team can look when you look at the rotation overall. And we know Spo is a guy that likes to um, shake things up here and there. So what do you guys think about the, this bench rotation for the Heat and how it will look? We'll start off with you, Brian. Uh, actually, I'm not a huge fan of the bench outside of Victor Oladipo. Like, I think that once Vic comes back, it's going to look a lot better. But I think that's kind of good because I think it allows Tyler to basically do whatever the hell he wants. Like, Tyler doesn't have to worry about deferring to Gabe Vincent or Max Struess or anyone else outside of Victor Oladipo. Um, And again, like, you have a really strong starting five, so it kind of doesn't even really matter. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of staggering between, you know, Kyle and Jimmy. So either so one of them is going to be riding with the bench anyway. Uh, But I think that that being said, even though I don't think this is going to be outside Tyler here on Vic, the best bench i think that you have guys who are capable of having at least neutral minutes you know i think that gabe vincent max max Struess, uh caleb martin whenever he gets in uh not the biggest fan of markeith morris but Dwayne deadman i think that all of those guys are, are are dudes that can in their in their limited time at least you know not lose you a game while they're out there so yeah, I, I don't think that we should be looking for massive things from that bench. We, they just essentially need to hold the fort. Um, and I think that they're very capable of doing that. Right. What's your take, Clippy? Um, I think our, our bench looks good. I, I went to the to the game last night and I saw Caleb Martin and he just completely blew my mind. I think he literally bleeds. He, he coached. He culture, I think he can come off the bench if he ever comes off the bench. And honestly, I think he can help us defensively. Um, Morris, I'm also not a big fan. He looked really lost last night and kind of sloppy. Um, but I think that our bench looks good. Max Struess can come off the bench and he can score the basketball. He's a great shooter. And I think he's like a undercover athletic guy because he, you know, he can really move his feet on defense and he looks good. So I think he can come off the bench and, uh, and help us as well. But, you know, once Oladipo comes back and Tyler Hero um, is with him, I think that our bench can really thrive because we need that. You know, our starters can't do everything. So I think our bench is going to play uh, a vital role in getting us some wins. Right. And, like, you know, uh, I just want to talk about Marky Morris real quick, quick, because I love how everyone said that he kind of looked like James Johnson, which I low-key kind of agree. He with. did. I was kind of... Yeah. I thought it was him. Probably you was, yeah. <laughs> A hundred. Please, just like him too. I was getting ready to say that. That's funny. I saw. I I don't know about playing because like there's a reason the Lakers let him go. Like he doesn't have the ball handling or he doesn't have anything. All he has is a three point shot. He's not good. He's really barely even that though. No, hey, that's Mo Harkless v two. Yeah, there's a reason the Lakers didn't want him. Yeah, he missed a couple open shots last night too. So. He missed a lot he's of James, open shots. He's James yeah. Johnson without the dribble. <laughs> Glorified yeah. James Johnson. A, 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 and, and the roundhouse kicks. Jesus. Like, <laughs> this dude, and, you, and you're passing. so right, Joe. He he's, looks he's like, like him. 
Yeah. Because I, I see Marke- Markeith Morris on the court, and I immediately feel like it's 2019 watching James Johnson take the floor and for us. He has the undershirt, too, that, that yeah. James Johnson had, so oh like, it's even worse. God. Jesus. And the tats. Well, oh, they're, both not, they're both going to have the legacy of not being with the team for very long. So. <laughs> Damn. Well, I, I, is, is his contract tradable at deadline? Is it is it trade friendly? Because uh, it's, it's a minimum. I well, think. I, I it's think, a minimum deal. Well, I, I think our biggest weakness is at the four because that's just me. I think our biggest weakness is at the four. I mean, we have Tucker because then that's fine. He can hit his threes and play defense. But who's going to back him up? Marquis Morris, and then who's going to back him up? Casey Akpala? No. I mean, like. I, I, I think that is a gaping hole. It, I think everything else is sound. I think we have the best backcourt off the bench in the league once Vic is healthy with Hero and Vic. I mean, that's a given. And then Max Struess and Caleb Martin look amazing, and they can fill our wing needs. And I, and I feel confident after seeing Caleb Martin. I've followed him before. I mean, he was the WAC player of the year. Uh, with Nevada, uh, in uh, you know, not long ago, and he puts in work. Dude, that dude's a worker, and he wants to be here, and he will be a part of our rotation. I want to see him. I want to see Caleb Martin coming in after Jimmy, and I want to see Struess. Struess is basically we've carbon copied Duncan Robinson, and Struess is just a stronger, two inch shorter Duncan Robinson that can drive and can play defense, but can stroke it just like him. And I like that. I love that we've copied Duncan, and we can when Duncan comes out, Strish comes in. I want to see it where we can get it where Jimmy comes out, Caleb Martin comes in. I don't know what we're going to do at the four because I don't want Marquise Morris in the game, and we don't have a backup. I don't want KZ Apollo in the game. So that's our thing is we need a four. We need to figure that out. Yeah. So anybody's the, takes the, on that. The thing you said about the, the lack of depth uh, at the four spot, I think that eventually either leads to the heat looking elsewhere or – maybe opens up the door for to experiment with your seven at the four. So we'll see who, who knows he, he can stretch the floor so he can definitely play power forward. It's just depending how willing the heat are to do that instead of playing him as a traditional five, the center. Yeah. I think the answer is going to be them finding someone else eventually, but I think in the meantime, it's probably going to be lineups with Jimmy at the four and probably playing, I guess, until Vic is healthy. I think we're going to see a good amount of Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy, and Bam out there. Um, and that, like, I, I think that while that's probably going to be a thing, I am a little concerned with this uh, PJ Tucker groin injury. I mean, I'm I'm thinking it's probably not nothing too serious, but if PJ Tucker goes out for any amount of time, that means a lot of minutes for Jimmy at the four and Marky Morris at the four. So that is. Until they figure out long term, that can be a concern. Right. And then, Flash, what's your opinion about the whole rotation? I mean, we covered a lot about the rotation. I think, like Brian said at one point, we're, we're not the greatest bench, but we're also not terrible. We can keep – we can be neutral. And if you look down the list, like above the guys we said uh, – Caleb Martin, Marcus Garrett in the two-way contract. Um, I think he can just not put the heat in a bind. I think these guys, like, uh, I'm looking for the name here. I mean, KZ, we know what we get with KZ, so I'm not going to touch that. So I think, I just think the bench rotation is going to be all right. I do think two things are going to happen. We're always going to have one of Duncan or Struz on the floor at, at all times. 
And I think we're also going to have one of Jimmy, Bam, or Lowry at the floor at all times. And I think that's important for the bench because they're going to have some leadership out there. Right, right. And then Lola, what about you? Um, I do agree with everyone um, about the the lack of four position options. Um, when PJ went down, I was kind of upset, and it really like made me realize like how important he is, and he's probably gonna get a lot of minutes at that position since we lack um, a lot of depth there. I think like towards the trade deadline, I think Pat is gonna make a move to get us another one, but obviously in the playoffs, our lineups are very tight, so. I did like like from like just the first game that we saw. I really like Strews. Um, he carried that confidence from the summer league, and he just like has a swagger to him now. Like he belongs here, um, and he kind of like keeps dunking on his toes. So I kind of like that. I really like Caleb Martin. Like I I didn't know too much about him before he joined us, but like he's very aggressive and assertive. Gets to the rim, puts lots of effort on defense. Like. He could definitely fight for those minutes. I mean, he came with no expectations, but he really showed up. Like I even on the training camp clips that I've seen, like I see him attack the rim. I think he could he could squeeze in a couple minutes there. And I like that we have multiple viable options at the five now. Like we didn't have that last year. Um, we were rescued by dead men. Uh, but this year we have like dead men. I know you guys don't like Morris, but he is an option. And we also have your and your had like eight rebounds in 14 minutes last night, which is like great to see because rebounding has always been our problem. And if you go against someone like the Bucks, I mean, they got two seven footers fighting for rebounds. So we need size. So like I want us to be giving your more minutes to get him a little bit more comfortable, because I really feel like if we go against a team like the Bucks, he will prove to be really important and key to us um at that time so yeah mm -hmm, right so you know a lot of points were made overall and you know i i honestly feel like i'm speaking for everyone when i say that this heat team is going to be very excited exciting regardless regardless what's going to happen i'm sorry yeah. so with that being said you know let's look around the league now because if you look at what's going on in the nba it's kind of really funny uh, so first, I want to start off with the Philadelphia 76ers, okay? Because we're nearing the end of the show. You know, we got to do some trolling, if you know what I mean. So I want to read the quote of the day, and it's by Joel Embiid. We've already had shooters, and I feel like I can really play with anybody, and I can make anybody be better on the court. I don't necessarily need shooters, but I feel like over the years, like you look at when we got Al Horford, it's because we needed a stretch five just to make sure that was for him, a.k.a. Ben Simmons. And most of my career, I've had to take kind of a step out of the three-point line quite a bit, which I don't mind. I like to be a basketball player. I like to do everything on the basketball court. But I feel like our teams have been built, whether if it's the shooting, the stretch five, and all that stuff. I feel like he's always had it here. And then he also goes on to say that we got rid of Jimmy Butler, which I still think was a mistake, but he, a.k.a. Simmons, needed the ball in his hands, and that's the decision they made. So because of that, we got to look at... 
so when you look at Otis, it's very obvious what the Sixers are looking like right now. And I know, Flash, you've been the one very excited to roast, but I know Clippy, specifically you, you are the one that wants to go after the 76ers. So I'm going to give you the four first, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. I <clears throat> I hate the 76ers. I've hated the 76ers since they beat us in the playoffs years and years ago. But um I don't I just I want to talk about Ben Simmons and how he's being just a baby to be honest. I think that he you are an adult, you're a grown man and I don't know what he's doing just doesn't sit right with me. I think that that makes the whole organization look bad because he kind of was the franchise face kind of. So I just, I think that it looks bad. And I just, I mean, I don't mind because I want to see the Sixers demise. I want to see them crash and burn because I've hated them for so long. But, and then they, now everyone wants Jimmy back and they said they never should have traded Jimmy. And it's like, but you didn't keep that same energy when he came over here though. You said that he wasn't going to make the playoffs, right? So that. I mean, it's funny now looking back because they're the ones that are looking like a terrible team and we're the ones that are looking good. So I just love it. I Anything that has to deal with the Sixers looking terrible, I'm here for it. Right, and what do you think, Flash? Right, so I just got to say, we're so lucky that the 76ers are a trash can of a franchise. We're so lucky because they freaking stink. Like. If you really think about it, they mismanaged that whole Ben Simmons situation. And I want you to hear this, Philadelphia fans. If you kept Jimmy Butler over Ben Simmons, you're probably already an NBA champion. And I want you to live with that pain. You can keep your 1976 trophy, and we'll keep our three rings in the last 20 years. Okay? That's all I got to say about the 76. It's short but sweet. Right. And then, Lola, what's your take? My take is a little bit different. Um, the entire Sixers organization, from the coach to their best player in B, to their beat writers, to their fans, blamed the elimination of last year's playoffs on Ben Simmons. So the organization wanted to trade Ben Simmons on multiple occasions throughout the season. And after the season, he was their biggest asset in every trade discussion involving the Sixers. Everyone seemed okay with Ben getting traded. But the moment Ben turns around and demands a trade, it's a problem. Like, I'm just happy I'm not a Sixers fan because it's hypocritical, it's embarrassing, it's a mess. And, like, y'all really made me a Ben Simmons fan. Like, I blame the Sixers for that. And the only thing that can get worse than this is when Embiid requests for a trade, which may be sooner than their delusional fan base thinks. Right. It's just funny. And then I know, Brian, what do you think about this whole situation in Philly? Uh, you know, personally, I don't necessarily care about the Sixers either way. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that Ben Simmons is like, I honestly don't really blame the Sixers. I think that like, I know that a lot of the narratives are funny. Like, it, like I think it's entertaining to essentially watch a car crash, but I think that a lot of people aren't really acknowledging the fact that the Sixers have been really good for the past few years. And Ben Simmons is also a really damn good player. He's just kind of an, an a-hole, which is, you know, that that's his thing, man. Like if he doesn't want to be there, that's cool. Uh, I think that this whole trade request could have been handled in a more mature way. That's for, that's for damn sure. Um, but 
I've felt for a while, and a lot of people have felt that Embiid and Simmons weren't an ideal pair. Like, there's been narratives for years about how they're going to have to trade one of those two, and it, it's just happening sooner than I think a lot of people thought it might have. Um, but yeah, at this, at this point, the situation is untenable. I think that everybody knows that you know they they're headed for a breakup, and that's okay. Teams break up. Um, it is what it is. Simmons, I think, is going to have the chance to show out on a new team, and I think the Sixers are probably going to be better for getting a piece that fits them more properly. It's just the way that it's happening, which, and again, neither of those are negative. Like, I really don't think that either that this situation is going to end up being bad for either side. It just looks really ugly, which that happens sometimes in the workplace. So it's whatever. I don't, I don't really care. It doesn't make a difference either way in my life. But right. I just don't. But I just don't get how he's acting immature. Like I don't get how like other, any other way that he could handle what just occurred to him. Like I just I don't think he's being immature. I just think he's literally giving back what they gave to him in the first place. Oh no, I I can tell you how he's acting immature is because he's a twenty five year old millionaire that's been treated like yeah. royalty his whole life. Like he's a, like. He, but he worked for that though. Like I don't like the narrative he, because these NBA players, like they work for, they work hard, like to make it to where they're at. So it's oh, not I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not saying he hasn't, but I'm saying that he can still be in, like he can be a hard worker. And I'm not, I'm not doubting the work Ben Simmons has put in. Like I said, he's a really good player, and you don't get to where Ben Simmons is by not being a hard worker, by not being good. I'm just saying that as a 25 year old, you know, he's in that last year of brain development. Like it's very possible that as a coddled kid who's been this basketball prodigy his whole life he's just a little immature i'm sure he's used to getting what he wants his whole life and when things haven't worked out now he's feeling real pressure that he's never felt before as a guy in his mid-20s he's sometimes some people don't react to it the best way and that's okay like i think that if you put a lot of people ben simmons age in his situation at least half of them are gonna act out right um and but a lot of players th- are not in his situation though, because a lot of players when they're when they do bad in a playoff series, and then the whole world is like basically dissing them is what we saw. The whole the all of Twitter was dissing him. You don't see their teammates and the whole entire team throw him under the bus, including the coach. Like I don't see that happen often. I really well, that's don't. Because, but at the same time, Ben Simmons it was the number one. And whether the pressure is fair or not it's a different conversation but i think we have to keep in mind that ben simmons was the number one pick and he was getting comparisons to lebron and magic and i I don't think that he was ever going to live up to either of those because those are you know top five greatest players of all time but at the same time i think that there was an objectively a lot of pressure and i'm saying that not nba players i'm just saying humans if you put 20 like if you put a thousand 25 year olds in his exact same situation with the same pressures a lot of them are probably going to act out because they're 25-year-olds. Like, that's what you would expect. Um, and I, and while, again, I think that it could have been handled more maturely, I don't think that the situation was the best from Ben Simmons or the Sixers' perspective. I understand the needs of both sides. Like, I understand why the Simmons would want – or why the Sixers would want more from Simmons, especially, you know, with the whole, like, he doesn't shoot thing. Like, that's important. You play in basketball. You got to be all able to of shoot. The, all right? of that makes sense if you communicate with Ben – not the media. Right. And, like, that right. was and the I, problem that I had. I, under, I I understand. Like, I'm saying, like I said, it could have been handled more maturely. It just seems like there's a there was a lack of communication, which is not, it, that's not new to people. Like, you know, like I said, like, it, it it's, it's ugly. It's very, very ugly. I'm just saying that, like, this isn't exactly out the norm of 
just how people react to things and what and how things are handled. Um, and I think, like I said, I think it's going to end up fine for both sides. It's just really ugly. And I think that both sides have valid arguments for why they're upset. And this is why they break up. Like sometimes the situation just doesn't work out and that's okay. Like, I don't think anybody needs to look at the Sixers and be like, ah, well y'all suck for your reasoning. Or look at Simmons and say, ah, y'all suck for your reasoning. Like they both just don't want to be together. Like at this point, like, yeah. And that's fine. But at this point it's like, Ben has no control on whether he can be like, whether he can leave or not. Like it's up to them to separate. So yeah, he's under he's contract. He's literally just waiting at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's under contract. But it is what it is, and they're gonna trade him. I don't think that you know, he either they're gonna trade him or he's 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 gonna be willing to give up his whole salary for the year. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens. It's just it's ugly. It's really really ugly. There is obviously some failed communication, a lot of immaturity, but it it's not without reason. And I think that the reason the reasons in a vacuum are fair. I just think that what what they did about those reasons, how they how they acted upon, you know, their gripes could have been handled better. Yeah, but you know, like I said, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Both sides. Right. Right, and I mean, this just goes to show how great of an organization Miami is, because we've never seen this type of situation. That's just so weird, you know, with any all stars of our own. You know, and it's and, you know, now I want to focus on like, you know, we get Kyle Lowry and, you know, there's a specific fan base who who's just obsessed with the heat now. You know, like you can't post a picture of Kyle Lowry eating a sandwich without this specific fan base tweeting about how he was eating sandwiches in Toronto. Why wasn't we tweeting? Why wasn't we tweeting about that when he was doing it there? And that's none other than Raptors fans and all that other stuff. I mean, even Brady Hawk from Five Reasons couldn't post a highlight of him without getting heat from these fans. And, you know, I know, Flash, you were the one that was really pushing for this role session. So now the floor is all yours. Right, right. So my beef, right, my main beef with Raptors fans isn't even about Cal Lowry. I've seen how you've been treating Goran Dragic. You guys are trash. You that's like spitting on a puppy. Like you're treating the probably one of the best human beings on earth like like trash just because I if I have no reason because he doesn't want to be in your trash ass country. I don't I don't understand this. Like Goron is is a great person. He's a great player. He can still play. Like people forget that. But I I just don't understand the hate for the hate for Goran Dragic just because we have Kyle Lowry now. Now you have to take it out on us because you lost your best player, because you lost your franchise guy. The and he right now he'd be the best player on your team. So I don't I don't really understand why you treat the guy like this. And and about Kyle Lowry, like Brady Hawk is such a nice guy, and you come at him for posting a highlight, bro. Get a job. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Like you just need to understand that. If some if we see some him doing something, you're gonna post about it. That's how media works. I don't understand the Raptors fans getting all like bent out of shape. I just I don't understand how Raptors fans operate though. That's that's basically all what I have. The last message I have for those guys is just go kick rocks. 
Right. And um, before we continue, I'd like to say that the thoughts and opinions of our members of the Heat vs. the World podcast does not reflect our overall um, beliefs. Uh, so shout outs to everyone in Canada. That's not toxic. Y'all know who you are. Shout outs to you. Y'all the homies. And uh, yeah, you know, we don't think y'all are trash behind country. And um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out. Shout outs to y'all, Canada. Uh, so our next one. So we have um, so next to go up, we have our Canadian, our, our favorite Canadian on the pod, Lola. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'm so sorry for my people. Like, honestly, like they really embarrassed me the other day. Like, I don't know why they can't mind their own business. Like, the only thing I will say is like, I really just need Raptors fans to tread very lightly on their commentary regarding Dragic. Like, tread lightly because we don't play when it comes to Goron. Like, we really don't. And y'all already said enough. Like, treat Dragic with the same respect we treat Kyle. Like, it's really not that hard. Like, y'all stay dissing us as a fan base, but, like, look what y'all are doing. Like, the way y'all treat these players that are on your team is just ridiculous. And then there was, like, this picture going around of Precious, Precious, and they were, like, um, tweeting about how he's happier in Toronto, and the man wasn't even smiling. Like, there was no grin. He looked miserable. Like, really, like, I just need them to do better. I just need to, them to focus on themselves. They look like they're still rebuilding. Um... I mean, like, their future, like, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. Just, like, focus on y'all because we got big things on our side. Like, that's all I got to say. Right. Then Clippy? Um, honestly, I'm, I'm not going to defend Toronto here, but I think that they're just hurt. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a, a when we lost to a Wade situation. That was their franchise player, you know what I mean? And the whole city of Toronto loved him. So I feel like they're just doing things out of hurt. Which is fine. I mean, it's it's funny, but at the same time, I feel like we've kind of been there, except not to that extent. But there obviously was people that did that when Dwayne Wade left. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I just think they're hurt. And uh, like Lola said, focus on yourself because you guys are probably not even gonna make the playoffs. So I don't know why they're so focused on a uh, on the Heat. But yeah, they're they're just hurt. And it's like it's like an ex girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna always have something to say. If they're hurt, they should go see a therapist, not talk about drugage. Agreed. 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 Ex-girlfriend vibes for real. Like, that's literally how they <laughs> The cycle <talk>. ex. <laughs> like. Right. And then, Brian, what about you? Uh, I just want to say, first off, Canada, we don't think you're trash. Listen, y'all got free health care. Your people are vaccinated. You got a lot of nature. I do. Your people are objectively happier than people in the United States. So... Listen, yes, y'all have done that, that. That's not even to get into all the other stuff that y'all have objectively done better than us in the past few years. This is strictly basketball. Just want to put that out there. Canada, yes. y'all are great. Throw me some of that free health care, please. I need that. Yeah, I need that. Um, Facts, we're safe. Yeah, Debatable. yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I think that this is one of the situations where I haven't really paid attention too much to the Heat Raptor drama because, again, much like the Sixers, I don't care about the Raptors. Like, whether they win or lose makes no difference in my life. I have noticed some weirdness from both sides, though. Like, when that one picture of Kyle Lowry working out, 
and the, the people talking about Kyle Lowry's body fat percentage. And talking oh, about yeah, people, that's like true. that. That's weird. Like, yeah. come on, guys. Like, that's strange. Kyle Lowry has looked great for years. He's a top tier elite athlete, champion, all NBA, all star. Like, he he's already a fan, peak human physical condition. So that kind of stuff and saying, oh, he's going to be better now that he's in Miami. Like, nah, man, like dude was successful. He like for a very long time. So don't, don't act like he needs to be in Miami to be a great athlete. Kyle Lowry is great. But I also think that the weirdness from the Raptors definitely comes in being butthurt over every little Kyle Lowry thing. Like, I don't really understand that. I mean, I guess it's, he's precious to their franchise or whatever. They like him. So it's like weird seeing him with the heat, but man, that dude chose to work somewhere else. That's okay. Worker's right. He can do that. He didn't have to stay in Toronto forever. He's not from Canada. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of pettiness going back and forth, a lot of weirdness that's unnecessary. So, y'all, everybody chill. Everybody chill, relax. It's just basketball. Kyle Lowry's happy. Cool. Goran, I'm sure he's happy getting free health care and getting paid more in Canada. Precious is cool. Like, it's all cool. We're good. Relax. I'm sure Goran would rather be in Dallas. Right. And and that's fine. And that's fine. Like, they're mad that a a 30-something-year-old does not want to be on a rebuild team. Like, that's not not something – that's just normal. Like, nobody at that age that wants to win a championship wants to be in a rebuild team. Like, that's not personal. That just – every player is like that at that age. That's why they signed those veteran minimums to the Lakers and the Nets to win a championship before they retire. I don't know why they're taking it so personal. Yeah, they're also making us kind of feel bad about not liking Precious because he had a good preseason game. And they were all like, oh, he fans are going to be so mad about this. Like, no, we didn't even want him on our team. Like, it's any reason that the Toronto fan base has to come at us, they come at us. And it's really weird. Like, it's the ex-girlfriend type, like, situation. It's just really weird. And um, so, but yeah, I'm. We're gonna move on from this topic because I'm kind of scared of you, Flash. Um, I, I really don't like Canadians. Like I said, y'all are um our homies and all that. Like Brian said, you know, y'all y'all are cool, just not in a basketball standpoint. When y'all let Heat fans live rent free in y'all heads, you know who I'm talking about. So yeah, shout outs to Canada though, the cool people who be in Canada. Big shout out to Canada. Y'all y'all should be a role model for America at this point. So you yeah. know, you, you you good. Yeah, we yeah, we appreciate y'all up there, okay? Y'all the homies. So now that we've um talked about that, uh is there any other fan bases that we should hit on? Cause I feel like we're just <laughs> we just having a whole roast sesh. So who else are we trying to go after? Right um now? The, the Lakers and the whole Kendrick Nunn situation. They want to <laughs> act like Kendrick Nunn is Michael Jordan. I don't know. That's I feel like, weird. listen, if we a lot of Heat fans have been talking smack about Kendrick Nunn. Y'all are hypocrites. I just want to say it. I've been hating on that man for a while, for a lot of reasons. And now Heat fans want to be like, oh, Kendrick Nunn is trash. Kendrick Nunn is this and that. Yeah. Come on now. Uh, don't do that. I don't think we don't do that. We were here, Brian. We were here. I've Yeah, I'm just saying. I still don't think he's trash. I no, still think no, he, it, get, he can get buckets, and we could we could assign him for whatever they sign him for. That's it's it. forget Kendrick Nunn for life. He's a human parking cone. He is. He can still like, get buckets though. He like, he can get buckets when when it's catch and shoot. And what he's what he's breaking out for a duck, you know, like 
Other, other than that, I don't want Kendrick Nunn creating offense. It just offense. wasn't a good fit for us. But I think I think and, on another team where he could be a good fit, he, he could be useful. Cause yeah, he'll be fine. defensively. He he'll be fine on the Lakers. I just I just think that it's weird that y'all not y'all, not you specifically. I'm just saying it's weird mm-hmm. that a lot of Heath fans defended Kendrick Nunn really hardcore, and now he's on a different team. You know, he's just like, oh, Kendrick Nunn is trash. Like, well, pick a side. Yeah, keep pick that same side. energy. You know, keep yeah. keep that same energy. Because yeah, it's been we've been that guy for, for me for the last like year. yeah, same, yeah. same. Screw I feel that, like yeah. every and I feel like every team does that. Like when they get a new player, like we kind of like hype them up and do all of that stuff. Like we're kind of hypocritical because we do the same thing sometimes. Like we get a new player and we hype them up, and then the other team, like whoever we got them for, keeps telling us that he's a scrub, that he's not gonna do nothing for us, but we hype them up anyway. And it's just what it is. I just like. I think Lakers are a team that we really have to look at because I think they're they're undeniably likely the one that's going to come out of the West, um, pending that they're healthy. So, like, how we match up against them is something we should be looking at, like, throughout the season. And, yeah. That's if, that's if like, half of their old asses don't break their hips before the season's over. <laughs> I mean, their bench, their bench got blown up by the Nets bench. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, I, I don't want to play the Lakers. I I'd be good. I don't need to see LeBron in the in the finals again. That's that's right. we know how that's gonna end. So let's Yeah, the only reason the only reason I don't want to see LeBron, that's it. The other guys, they're just they're like what's it called? What do you call it? geriatrics? We don't care. No, I I also don't want to see A D. I also don't want to see Rut. Like there's a lot of guys on that team I don't want to see in a playoff series. So and is Rondo just... back on that team? Rondo yeah. is back on the team. I don't know if he's going to play all oh that much, but I'm God. I'm good. I'm I'm very good on that. So I don't want to see Rondo again in them. the playoffs. I really don't. And so let's see. Let's. So are we ready to close the roll session, or is there any other fan base we trying to hit before we close it out? I think we're fine. I got I got what I need to get off of my chest. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm right. just excited screw, for this. Screw Bucks fans for the culture. <laughs> that's it for real. We're done. yeah like you know what Just... it's crazy because as of right now when as this episode is being recorded it's only october 5th and six days from now will mark the one year anniversary of when the finals ended for the heat and you know yet you still have people who are trying to call us bubble flukes and all that you know what kick rocks as you said clutch like who touch grass at this point like if you honestly can consider us a bubble fluke at this point, just call yourself a casual and move on. But like, yeah. Anyways, with that being said, shout outs to Canada's yet Canada yet again, and just know that it's no hate from us. Well, at least from most of us. And um, yeah, y'all the homies. So please don't try to get Heat versus the World canceled. And um, with that being said, wait, is there anything else you guys want to add on or? Enjoy freezing your ass off, Canada. Shout out to the six. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to the beautiful nature. Oh my God, Canada! Shout out to you guys nature. being vaccinated. Shout out to you guys being vaccinated. Shout out to healthcare. Yes, shout out, shout out to good political yes. leaders. Like shout out to a lot of things about Canada. Um, Tyler here. Yeah, shout man shout out, man. Shout out. Enjoy getting frostbite. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so that tread lightly on yeah, Dragic for real. Tread lightly. Yeah, y'all know what Yeah, yeah. We we love Canada. Yeah, like we cool with you guys. Just lay off the Kyle Lowry obsession with the heat and all that, and we can be homies. So, 
With that being said, uh, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HVTW Podcast. And we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. We out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.